Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel Clark for uh, a new episode of Bloodsport Commando. This is an old show that we've kind of resurrected from time to time, and we're going to kind of commit to it if we can here, and uh, we're going to start out with a Chuck Norris movie called The Force of One, which is a 1979 film. Um, it stars Chuck Norris, Jennifer O'Neill, Ron O'Neill, and Bill Wallace, Bill Superfoot. Uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace is in it. Um, it was directed by Paul Aaron, and uh, and yeah, so <laughs> this is a. I'm, I'm just gonna give the plot, Joel, right out of the uh, out of the Wiki page because we got we're limited on time, folks. So when a team of undercover narcotics officers is targeted by a serial killer, the police recruit karate champion Matt Logan to bring the murderers to an end. Narcotics officer Amanda Mandy Rust discovers that a traitor within the police ranks is behind the killings. Now, I want to amend that. This is not a serial killer movie. I don't know why they're saying that. That does not... This this was drug dealers protecting their turf and killing cops. And so it looks like serial killings to a degree, but it's not. So do you agree with that assessment, Joel? Yeah, it's not a serial killer. I mean, like... Because like, you don't call gangland violence serial killing. Like that's not what it is. It's, yeah, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah. So I I I, I think that that wiki entry is actually wrong. Um. And and yeah. So this is and this is also a pre beard Chuck Norris film. That's a very important dividing line in the career of Chuck Norris. Whether you're dealing with the the post beard or pre beard. And so this is very much pre beard. I think he has a mustache in this film. Um, he has a mustache. Yeah, it's so a glorious mustache. He, he looks like a porn star. And there's like a there's a period of three years where Chuck Norris looks like a porn star, and and this is one of those movies. So Joel, what was your? Have you seen this movie before? Number one. No, no. This is this is the first time I saw this one. I've um, I'm not a huge Chuck Norris fan, uh, and it's not that I dislike him. It's just kind of before my time a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and I. It, I got like my version of Chuck Norris is like the meme version of the early oddies where he's <laughs> okay. able to like push down the planet with push ups and things like that. Uh, and so like that's that's kind of the Chuck Norris that I know. Uh, so so seeing this, this is much closer to um like like this is the early early Chuck Norris. This is like um because I is and like you'll have to forgive me if I'm wrong in my Chuck Norris history. Uh, but wasn't he like involved with Bruce Lee to some extent? Like, he, wasn't his yeah. fame kind of like dovetailing off Lee's fame? Yeah, well, he appeared. He appeared in Return of the Dragon in the uh, the Coliseum fight scene, and I think before that he had bit parts, and then he had, you know, a few movies. And there's there's a couple of films prior to this that are where he's like a lead action star, um, and so this is. But this is part of that late '70s Chuck Norris period. All right. Um, I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, it's got a, a weirdly authentic amount of like kind of wuxia style tropes in it, but there's also like this kind of like gritty '70s crime drama vibe to it. So yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, and I like that that it treats karate the same way that wuxia treats karate, which is it's like this superhuman discipline that makes you like a, a killing machine. Yeah, so that was nifty. But it's also, this is also before we got into the full-fledged karate is magic territory of the 80s, where I feel like this is a much more, like the, the, the fight choreography is almost more practical than we start to see, like in, say, the Van Damme era of, of American martial arts movies. It's still very much rooted in that almost Hong Kong style of, 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 uh, of how the fighting is done. But there, I just feel like when you see a Chuck Norris movie... His moves are very, 
they have a lot of power to them. Do you know what I mean? And they have a they they feel like even though it is sort of still pushing the boundaries of what's plausible, it's more plausible than the movies where a guy spins around and spinning hook kicks eighteen guys. And do you know what I mean? It's it's a little bit yeah, more. It, there's no move in this that didn't look like you could pull it off. You know, and and I think that the fact that they kind of center it in like a, a kickboxing ring. And they show that sport very realistically yeah. kind of helps to ground the martial arts. You're like, oh, no, people people do this and it does work. Um, so, in, yeah, there's some license where maybe it's a little ludicrous to think that someone's throat could be completely crushed yeah. by just like a fist or that you could reasonably disarm and defeat somebody with a gun to your back because you have kung fu. Um, that's that's a little bit of an extraordinary claim. It's yeah, not and... impossible, though. And the movie knows how far to reach to move that little uh, membrane of believability. And that's exactly where I was saying the plausibility is strained, where the, the gun disarm... It's it's the beginnings of the karate is magic, but it's just not quite at the heights of ridiculousness that it gets to. Um, I did think that was interesting. So he owns a karate studio, and he's a karate competitor. And like what looks like... a, I mean, it's karate match, but it kind of looks like a little bit like kickboxing really it's sort of a mm. there was an evolution of these different sports and so the, the, to modernize i think it would most resemble kickboxing what they were doing and his opponent that he's supposed to be fighting and also one of the bad guys is bill superfoot wallace which i don't know i think it's i i, I it's a really cool matchup you know chuck norris versus bill superfoot wallace it is those guys are built like brick shit houses yeah. they are huge well they're, they're athletic this is also that's the other mm. thing about karate is magic at a certain point in the 80s when you know and again john claude van damme was fit but you had a lot of people that were the karate was just the thing that was making them mighty and it didn't matter what their physique was but chuck norris is still part of that that uh that wave where there's still there's still like you know physical fitness is a part of this and conditioning is a part of it and you see that in like the training sequences with his son and all that stuff but um but the scene that i I, I thought was kind of interesting was the one you were talking about with the gun disarms where where they're doing what I don't know when I did Taekwondo they called them one step sparrings which was mm. it's like a one you know it's like it's an attack that you know is coming and 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 by the way one step sparrings don't work they're they're kind yeah. of they're kind of like they're kind of residual karate is magic stuff I feel but like mm. um but it's basically some guy punches you in a very stylized way. You grab their wrist and you pull them and like kick their feet out from under them or something. And it's all yeah. It, it's, uh, a, it's a series of self defense maneuvers that you're supposed to go through. Um, yeah, I, I read a lot about. Uh, I think it was Wing Chun, which is a style that's kind of centered around those. And that style actually is basically about just self defense mm -hmm. and, and keeping yourself away from harm and deflecting harm and then running away. Like that's. It's really not a I will beat you style. It's more of a I'm a normal person and mm -hmm. in an extraordinary circumstance, I want to be able to survive it and get to help. And I think that's a realistic take on that style. And when you go further with it and you say this is superior to knowing how to punch someone, um, that's it's not <laughs> spinning around and punching someone's jaw when they have a gun to your back is a terrible idea. Well, they can pull the trigger before you spin is the problem, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's even because when they put it on film and they don't they don't try to like use any editing magic to make it seem like they're moving faster than you could possibly react and you just see the guy with the gun and then you see them spin around which and it happens fast it happens within a second and a half or so and then push them to the side and and throw a punch at their jaw 
like there's there's so much time like yeah. even that second and a half pulling a trigger that your finger is already on it just doesn't take that much there's a reason guns yeah. are so useful as fight as weapons well and it's something that you see if you do like live sparring versus like those one step type of maneuvers like something you see right away is in the one steps when they punch the person punches once and kind of leaves the punch out for you to block but in a realistic situation, they're just going back and they're just punching you. You know, they they pull, they retract their fist and punch you with the other one. Do you know what I mean it's not? It's it's, right. it's, it's not it's not like a um, it's not so blocky. Uh, like the movements, the move they're not fighting against something that's a realistic uh, uh, attack that somebody would actually be doing in real life. Do you know what I mean? Unless they were just trying to attack you with a highly stylized form of karate. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, which even karate practitioners don't really do. So, um, but again, I think, you know, I, I, it's, this was, this was a still a period where like, we were still learning about this stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it was still, mm-hmm. it was still new to everybody. And also Chuck Doris was somebody who actually competed and who, you know, he it wasn't, it, it, the one steps were part of the curriculum at the studio in the, in the movie, but he's also doing real full contact sparring. That's a plot line. Like with him and his son, where his son wants to do the full contact and he won't let him yet because he's not ready. So there is like you know, um, you know, there's that, but there's also much more uh, uh, realistic depictions of martial arts too, just in terms of the the sport karate. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and so this one's a, an interesting blend of stuff that I completely buy because I'm looking at dudes that are you know gigantic muscular athletic dudes who look like they could tear you in half with their bare hands and they're throwing punches and kicks that look like they really hurt and then you know the culmination of the movie is bruce willis breaks the guy's neck with his bare hands and it's like well that's probably not possible yeah i don't i don't that move i don't know though though again the way he does it is he's got the guy gripped like this and pull like the the leverage is pretty impressive with it yeah um it wasn't like the arnold neck crank right like which is right right um, also, the sound effect for it uh, was really bad. <laughs> well, there, were, there was a lot of interesting sound effects going on. I, but I did like that this movie had real martial artists in it. Do you know what I mean? That was something that really made it work, I thought. And and I like that it was centered around the karate competition, or like the, 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 the fight, which, you know, it was getting about as much as much tension as like a... a, a a big name boxing match. So I think they were kind of, you know, inflating maybe the importance of, of, of that, but like, but, but it was still, you know, it was, um, but it was, I thought that it was, uh, uh, that was kind of a, I liked that they did that. And I liked that they managed to bring the climax to the final fight. Do you know what I mean? I thought that Mm. was interesting how they did that. Um, and I like, I don't know. I like movies like this. I like films where it's kind of like, it's like all like all of these seventies gritty crime movies. It's it's kind of like it's all very post sixties and sort of you know it's all kind of coming out of the war on drugs. Do you know what I mean? So like mm. it, it, and it's just stuff I remember from when I was a kid, and and so I have a soft spot for it. Uh, you know, where he like starts out with like the kid on the skateboard, and he's going to the store to drop off the like I think he's going to get the drugs or to or to or to bring money from a from a um uh from a sale or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but, but it, I don't know. That shot was kind of ambitious actually. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the scene where you see the skateboarder come into view and it kind of is like a tracking shot of the guy on the skateboard and the cops are following on the side. And for a moment you think that you're in for like a really, 
like sleek looking movie because of the way that that scene is done um but i like these you know i don't know just the 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 soundtracks with like the heavy bass and the trumpets and the and the and the occasional rattle do you know what I mean there's just like a sound yeah that's a that's such a 70s cop movie vibe yeah, yeah it, it's an interesting meeting of worlds um and it, it was fascinating for me because like we've watched a lot of wuxia movies you yeah. and i together and there's something about the values of the characters that are kind of distinctly like culturally like Chinese or in the Hong Kong movies, they have kind of a slightly different, but still clear set of values. It was fascinating that the like American values were substituted yeah. in this one. And it just felt just as authentic because it was following formula yeah. for the way those values well, are going to manifest. That was something I want to talk about. I think that's one of the reasons why I like Chuck Norris is there is an authenticity to him or he's obviously he learned, I think he learned Tang Sudo. I forget what styles he learned, but he, you know, he, 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 he you know, he, he learned these things in other countries and, and he, and, and like a lot of practitioners, you know, you adopt some of the cultural stuff that comes along with that, but he also incorporated it into like an American point of view which felt real. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like he was cosplaying, trying to be, you know, like a Japanese karate guy or a Korean. Yeah. Tang he, he didn't guy. Be like a Steven Seagal. Yes. Thing. Seagal is like the worst version of Chuck Norris and Chuck Norris is the best version of Chuck Norris. Yeah. Obviously. It's like, I feel like, like Chuck Norris knows who he is. Do you know what I mean? That's what I like about Chuck Norris. It's not, there's no sense right. of insecurity around his martial arts. If that makes I, sense. I guess, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be insecure. Look at this dude move. Like, but he really I, is lightning in a bottle. He's really impressive as a, as a martial artist. But I don't just mean in that sense. I mean in the cultural sense of what it means. No, Do you know what I mean? I like, what mean. Like, like, he's got he's even got his own style, and he's got, like, his own... Like, every style has, like, a moral philosophy that you're supposed to abide by, at least the traditional martial arts. Mm -hmm. and, and, he, and he has his own, and he's got some interesting points in there. Like, one of them is about family do you know what I mean and you can sort of see how it comes in his own thing do you know what I mean like it's just the way that he he does it and again that's usually in there like when I was did taekwondo respect for family was one of the precepts you had to abide by but like the way that he expresses it is uniquely American I think uh, yeah it's, and so, it's unmistakably American yeah. but again it doesn't feel like it's intrusive or disrespectful of the cultures that like he got his martial arts from at all. It yeah. feels like a natural outgrowth. Um, and there's something that's really wonderful about that. Uh, I just happened to notice it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, so I, I mean, I, I have, a, I definitely have a soft spot for Chuck Norris movies. Um, and, and again, this is like, I don't know. Again, it's interesting to me because you come to Chuck Norris through the memes, which I think is how most people do. And this is what the memes yeah, are built I, on, right? This is the, because Chuck Norris movies, on the one hand, they're like they're like solid action movies, but there's also like when you get like up to like the Walker Texas Ranger years, there is like a level of ridiculousness too. Um, but but there's a sincerity to them, and I think that the memes kind of I don't know the meme like most memes are pretty harsh. Do you know what I mean? Like memes are usually an attack on somebody, but the yeah. Chuck Norris memes are actually kind of respectful of Chuck Norris. Do you know what I mean? They're like, they're playful, they're exaggerating, you know, like what he can do. But but it's done in a way that it doesn't, I feel like if like, if there were, if instead of Chuck Norris memes, we had Steven Seagal memes, they would be different. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't, Yeah. the, the you know, people well, it, like Chuck Norris. People like Chuck Norris. 
We'll have to do a Steven Seagal movie on one of these and just contrast we will. them. Because I don't. I remember early Steven Seagal was pretty good. They um, were his, his his early movies were great, like Above the Law and um, I forget. I what was there was another one. What was the one with him and Kelly LeBrock? I can't remember. Uh, I'm I'm gonna look this up because it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't. Um, okay. But uh, but that was the first Steven Seagal movie I saw. And I can't remember the the t- the the titles. But his early movies, he was fit and 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 the the movies they just looked great. Um, I think it was Hard to Kill. Yeah, Hard to Kill was the first one I saw, and you know th- those were like really stunning when they first came out. And then he just kind of deteriorated into the Steven Seagal that we know. Um, and also his attitude, like the, like there there are Chuck Norris memes. But there are Steven Seagal stories. And if you go on YouTube and look up Steven <laughs> yes. Seagal story, you find all kinds of... Cr- so, like, the best one I ever heard, and I know I'm sort of d- derailing a little bit, but it's relevant, is is he was on Saturday Night Live, and he was on, like, the... What is it? The Hans and Franz one with the two bodybuilders. And, oh, yeah. and And they wanted to... They wanted to do a bit where they were saying, you know, like, you can do anything except beat up Arnold. Like, they wanted him to be self-deprecating. And he got... He got all quiet and walked off into a hallway and um, what's his name? Dana Carvey went out and, and, and followed him and, and he said Steven Seagal was just looking looking out the window with his back to him and he's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I just wish Arnold was here so I could kick the crap out of him. It's just this like level of insecurity, you know, that, that, that he couldn't even joke about himself. Do you know what I mean? And if you watch interviews with him, that's what he's like. Like he won't compliment other martial artists. He He's always... He's always got to be the top guy, you know what I mean? And he just has no humility at all. So that's that's why I think people have a negative reaction to him. Um, whereas Chuck Norris seems to kind of embody, like, embody more of the principles that go into it. He, he's, he seems like a wholesome dude. And like this movie, it's got some extremely progressive stuff in it. Like he's got like a, a, a son of a different race that he adopted because his yeah. mother like died. Um, it's got a lot of ladies who are in leading roles who get to kick ass. Like, there's a lot of like fascinatingly progressive stuff considering this is like a '70s movie. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see. It, well, actually, it's clear it, that's, that's that... something I, I, do, I do want to say. I think if you go back and watch a lot of these films, you will see a lot more of that than you realize um, because that stuff was starting to come emerge. Do you know what I mean? It was becoming a yeah. Thing. I mean, well, anything post '60s is gonna have at least some of that because the culture did shift really radically in the sixties to being considerably more progressive. And like some people like were ready for it. Like, I think that Chuck Norris sort of strikes me as a guy who was ready for that. He's like, Oh, thank God. Cause you know, this is a guy, he said he martial arts in other countries. He was clearly an open-minded dude. It wasn't like racist or anything like that. So it, a lot of people, and I think that this maybe gets lost nowadays, a lot of people were just kind of ready for the country yeah. to become that kind of the kind of country we became. And he feels like some, one of those dudes that just sort of embraced open arms, like, oh, thank God, we can finally just do this. So that was, it, it was it was really nice to see. Because, I mean, like, you see Chuck Norris nowadays, and, like, Walker, Texas Ranger, Texas has had kind of a, a tough way to go over the last 20 years um, as far as, like, their reputation with that kind of stuff. And you think of a guy like that's like you know proud of being southern, and he's like into Texas, and he's like real traditional values guy. And maybe what pops into your mind isn't this guy's really progressive and open-minded. 
turns out he is. Well, it's well, Chuck Doris really is, nice is a conservative. He's definitely more on the conservative side. But I think I think when it comes to stuff like this, he tends to be more open minded. Do you know what I mean? That's well, sort it's of been my socially progressive. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and for yeah. me, like that's one of the most important aspects of it. So, but um. But again, I don't know. I don't know his political point of view on everything. I mean, I, I think of him as somebody who's sort of like a patriotic, conservative guy. But he's not quite in the realm of say like a, a dirty Harry type figure. Do you know what I mean? He's not. He's not. He's yeah. not like a total reactionary to the '60s. There's certainly elements of this movie are that they're reacting to mm. the drug culture. Do you know what I mean? There is. There oh, is yeah. that kind I mean, of this commentary. Is, this is very much a, a but, war on drugs. But like and you were saying, it does have a Dirty Harry vibe to yeah. it. That, but, that's actually a really good comparison. Well, because Dirty Harry, that, to me, that's the quintessential reaction against the the hippie movement movie. Do you know what I mean? And the and the mm. and the social decay that conservatives thought was prevalent as a result of it. And so you know, and I, yeah. and, I and I'm a big fan of that genre. You know, my parents were hippies, it's but I love I've always loved you know Dirty Harry movies and things like that. But this movie, you know, again, it features strong female protect who are doing physical stuff, right? Like you're saying, like 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 one of the main characters is a female cop who can kick butt and the other female character is somebody who is works at chuck norris's karate studio and trains there and can kick butt and 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 his and his son is black and his son is is a person that he's adopted because the mother died you know and again she did die of a heroin overdose there is that war of drug war on drugs thing running through the Mm -hmm. movie but the point is the son doesn't go there the son you know the son is a good person well and when he and he unfortunately dies during this movie, uh, he he gets killed trying to be heroic, and um, I might have shed some manly tears at that. But the uh, the bad guys try to make it look like it was an overdose because he was yeah. born uh, with with a, a disposition that because his mother died of the heroin overdose, um, and so like whenever they they show him the body, Chuck Norris's character is all like, "I know for a fact my son yeah. wouldn't do this," and it's just like, uh, oh God. yeah. And so it, it was, was a real, and, like choked up moment. And it wasn't like denial of reality. I know he wouldn't do this. It's like no, I know he wouldn't do this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like I know yeah. his character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was really cool. And it, and again, it's such a wusha trope to have like that like blood revenge thing you've got to seek because someone killed a member of your family. Like it's it's fascinating to see the 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 shift in cultures that like well, the, the, the way there's commonalities between them yeah because the real plot that they kind of gloss over in the wiki thing is that he gets hired as like a third party because police are getting killed investigating this these drugs and they don't even know why the police are getting killed at this point but they know a karate expert is involved in the deaths and so they figure let's hire a karate expert he can train our men and maybe he can also help us find out who this is and chuck norris is just a disinterested freelancer basically and it's the death of the sun that makes it a person and, and martial art movies have to be personal right you can't just yes. be uh you know a mercenary i mean there are movies where there are mercenaries but for the most part you need there to be you you know you you killed my wife you killed my son you killed my brother <laughs> you killed my father whatever it is there needs to be a grudge that makes it personal or or some higher purpose right some reason that the character is personally invested it's at least in a martial arts revenge movie like this one. And, you know, and, and, and I don't know, I like the way that, you know, it sort of eventually ends up pitting him against Bill Wallace. The, the, uh, you know, the, um, the, it, it's just, a, um, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was like a, uh, uh, I, I liked, number one, I liked seeing Bill Wallace as the bad guy in the movie. I thought that was an interesting uh, an interesting yeah, thing. It, but I like that they start out kind of knowing each other as acquaintances in the 
in 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 the fee, in the profession of of, of 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 sport fight karate, right? Oh yeah, it's it's kind of the cultural equivalent of the Zhang Hu. So yeah. again, there's these little fascinating similarities. Yeah. Well, it's like the scene when when Charlie the Sun fights uh, Bill, and what was Bill Wallace's character? Sparky, right? Sparks. Uh, Sparky. So Sparky. Yeah. So he he goes. So he goes following a lead, and he finds the crooked cop. And he, and he sees everything, and so Bill Wallace confronts him. And Charlie's big arc in the movie is he wants to be able to fight competitively full contact, and he's not quite yet ready. And so Sparky is like, okay, I'm going to give you your chance, Charlie. And, you know, and even like in a weird way, even though Sparky is this horrible person who is willing to kill a 15-year-old to keep his uh, the drug trade secrets going, uh, there is that, like, dose of honor in the fight between them. Yeah, because it's a real fight. Yeah. You know? um, very, it's a very wusha moment. Uh, yeah. So it's moments like that made this movie sing for me. I, I didn't know if I was going to be into it. Like, when you go into an older action movie, it, those they can be kind of awkward. It, it's yeah. sort of, action movies are like comedies. They kind of have a time and place. Um, but this one has a sort of timelessness to it. Um, and I think it's moments like that that connect it to that like more traditional kind of wuxia stuff that yeah. really made it pop to me. So anyway, um, do, we have like a, like a talking points list, don't we? About like how we do turn this into a game and things like that. We're still new to this format. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's also a time crunch today. So I don't yeah, know how, yeah. how much do so you, uh, do yeah, you... Let's, let's see what let's, let's just start it and see how many we can get through. I, I'm doing okay on time. So, okay. I mean, I guess the, the, the main talking point in terms of games was, were there any adventure ideas this inspired? And, and again, no is a perfectly legitimate answer. <laughs> BSing a fake adventure that you're never going to run is the wrong answer. So did this, I, I did this, you. did this spur any thoughts about adventures that you might run? I mean, yeah, the, the war on drugs is actually from a, game running standpoint pretty compelling uh and maybe it's because i grew up right after the reagan era and everything yeah. was war on drugs and all the captain planet things had drug psas in them and there were the, the teenage materials to deal with a friend who got on drugs at one point maybe that's just that but there's something invasive and corrupting about the influence of like narcotic dealers um they 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 have this tendency to make the setting worse yeah. And rooting them out and fighting them is, it's emotionally satisfying because you're not yeah. just like beating up some people who are stealing or something like that. Like that doesn't, that ever, I always feel like I'm beating up Dickensian orphans when I'm fighting thieves. But yeah. when I'm fighting drug dealers, I'm cool with smashing their face to a play grass, glass window. That's fine. Uh, there's something, there's something insidious and like invasive and destructive about the influence of drugs that makes fighting drug dealers uh more morally satisfying you know it's like fighting yeah. evil well so yeah that that immediately popped out to me there's nothing you can do yeah it's funny At, right after i watched this movie i was like i want to watch a crime documentary and i went onto netflix and there was a documentary there called um murder mountain about um what is it humboldt county i think in california where they grow all the pot and how people mm. are always disappearing on this 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 particular area where there's a lot of you know black market pot dealers or at least there was i don't know if it's still the case um but there was a lot of like footage of like nixon's declaration of the war on drugs and all that and i was thinking the same thing i was like you know after watching that chuck norris movie i'd kind of like to do a campaign that almost takes like the drug war 
too seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like almost, <laughs> almost to the point of being ridiculous. Almost like making drug dealers like the orcs of the setting. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what the video game Narc did. Yeah, <laughs> they would um, shoot giant oversized needles at you and such, and you were just you were like SWAT officers, and you had to beat them up. Yeah, it was so great. so I was thinking, I would just just uh, because the thing about a movie like this is it's so black and white, and it's black and white to a level that's not realistic, but it's satisfying to have Chuck Norris sort of delivering kicks of justice in this like <laughs> world where the, the the bad guys are just so bad right like that crooked cop oh, is just so, so evil villainous. right and like the the, the the you know bill wallace's character is beyond comic book evil right he's just you know just like you know he just he's just like stomps charlie's head into the ground right like and charlie i don't think charlie can be more than 15 right that's gotta no, be he's, he's definitely a kid yeah so um so yeah so that definitely uh you know gave, gave me thoughts about that where you could kind of amp up amp up the moral clarity of the drug war do you know what i mean yeah to maybe maybe a point where it's not plausible anymore but still <laughs> gameable you know um well, and yeah yeah I, I like that uh that perspective not plausible but gameable yeah that, that's that's good chestnut yeah, well, I think that's the way to, because, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, I lived through the war on drugs as a kid. I know, you know, I know, you, you know, like the downsides of it, you know, like the, the you know, how a well, lot of stuff didn't work. But like at the same time, there is, uh, you know, you know what it was after watching this, there was an interview with one of the cops that was in charge of a big operation on uh, Murder Mountain where they were just burning all of the crops and stuff. And he was saying how we were just convinced we were doing what we were doing was a hundred percent right. And later on, it's clear he's not so convinced because that is what ultimately led to a lot of the, the bad stuff that started to happen there. Um, or at least according oh, yeah. to this documentary. Um, well, and that's the so, thing. There was a lot of escalation that made yeah. things a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, but but for gaming purposes, if you can kind of do it tongue in cheek a little bit, and you know, just sort of taking it, like I right. said, taking it too seriously is the approach I was thinking. Well, um, yeah, and I think you're right about the moral clarity. Uh, if you make it so that there's no ambiguity and the consequences are all positive, if the yeah. good guys win, then that's the kind of game that you want to like. That that works well in terms of a game. Yeah, um, in, in real life, it was much more complex, messy, and horrible than that. But I mean, real life sucks. That's why we're playing yeah. games. And so, um, and so, let me see. What's the next step? Because we're still getting used to this. Oh, any mechanics inspired by the movie? And that that can be a solid no or a yes mm -hmm. if you didn't nothing jumped out at you. Well, I okay. Actually, I did. I was thinking about that particular one uh, because I I was thinking about how martial artists have a degree of certainty in what they do that kind of puts them beyond what a normal person can, mm -hmm. because it feels like, and to put this in like the starkest game terms I can, it felt like the non-martial artists were rolling dice and the martial artists were just choosing from a list of moves they could pull off flawlessly. Okay. That's um, interesting. So I think, well, like a mechanic like that. And a lot of times I'm finding when, when I'm designing lone wolf fist, whenever it's just, I spend my points and this will happen. Mm. There's a degree of certainty that feels really authentic for mm. how martial arts work. It, it, it has the effect of like propelling the characters that have those abilities beyond the kin of those that are, are more reliant on luck to do things. Mm. So I was thinking about, and that's maybe not a super articulated mechanic, but as a seed of like mechanical design principle, I think it's a really solid one. 
Okay, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I, nothing really left out at me when I watched this movie. I was kind of, I was kind of more lost in the plot, not really thinking in terms of games all that much. But the, uh, but I think, I think that this would be an interesting movie to model mechanically, like to say, okay, this is sort of our baseline of what the game is meant to reflect. Do you know I mean that that style of martial arts? Because um, I think of it as sort of no BS, old school, kind of classic karate crime movie i mean it just has like a uh like i was saying earlier there's like a even though it is getting implausible in places there is a groundedness to it that's yeah uh, and it that's a good point too because it feels almost like closer to the way like the monk class works in D D, where you don't have a lot of like named moves but you yeah. have like these solid abilities that you have as an unarmed fighter that yeah. kind of they, it puts you into the that sort of mythological point at a certain level It'd be something like that, you know, because there's not a lot like in in even the Righteous but Ruthless Blades, which is a pretty stripped down, pretty gritty version of martial arts. You have named moves yeah. that do constant well, yeah. thinking. like that's like the martial arts. Well, and the, and there would be is... named moves. I mean, he was doing like side kicks. He was doing front kicks. He was doing. I think he did axe kick and he did a spinning what hook was... kick at one point. Yeah, and a spinning, back spinning kick. hook kick. There, there were really stuck. Out. There were moves, but they're all moves that are like kind of. I don't know. Well, they they're did... like throwing a left punch, like a, a hook or a jab. Yeah. You know, there are moves like that that yeah. are like, they're named afterwards. It's not yeah. like I'm going to throw the eagle's talon crying on the mountain no, no, slice. No. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to hit him with yeah. my hand, but like hook it kind of. Like that's what those moves well, are Well, it's like. a practical toolkit of punches and mm. kicks. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of what it feels like to me. Um and I loved I loved the scene when he was sparring Charlie. I thought that was a great scene that you know. Um, and again, I know we're talking about Canik, so I don't want to get lost in it. But like, just the um, you know, I think that's a nice style of martial arts to aim for in a game. Do you know what I mean? Just this 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 place before the UFC became a thing, but when there was still kind of a focus on practicality before we got totally lost in you know the the magic aspect of it. I think as a uh, an interesting zone like it and i think you see that in a lot of like you know 80s rpgs you see them aiming for that kind of style of martial arts um up up to a certain point when we cross the threshold that i'm talking about um now i don't know if this i get this is our our final point on mechanics um how would you do the film in lone wolf fist Ooh, and and Lone Wolf Fist Day. Um, would you have oh, to, would you actually, have to hack it a lot to do it? Do you think, or do you think you could just do it straight up? No, I, I'd have to cut stuff off because the the thing with Lone Wolf Fist is that it goes like it goes all the way from just like Mad Max grittiness mm -hmm. all the way up to like the most mm -hmm. ludicrous like animes where they're like blowing up continents and things like that. So it's it's got this big this big scope. But it's not impossible to just say, okay, we're going this far and no further. Like uh, yeah. David was talking, David Ramirez, one of my co-designers, was talking about how he'd like to do like a Hong Kong action movies thing with Lone Wolf Fist, where we just kind of went up to like novice or maybe even master level mm -hmm. techniques, and then cut the rest off and just said, okay, that's as far as they can go at this one certain part. So it, it kind of, and it focuses just on that part of the scope, and you can just take that and you could either broaden it or even just say, uh, make the XP way slower. So that it takes longer to get stuff, and you could just run a whole campaign that way. I think you could do this with Lone Wolf Fist because I started all the way at the ground level with just like people, 
and you can like there's enough room building from a person to a like what's a beginning character in my game that like you could add extra dice, you could add extra health, you could add like low level form techniques, and you could get someone that felt like any of the characters in this film. There's no magic involved, yep. there's no prana moving around, and there's still this like gritty, impactful martial arts, and there's a really detailed wound system. So I think that works really well for grittiness. So yeah, I, I think that I could run this as a we don't have access to magic martial arts, but we have normal martial arts thing. Um, and I would think I, if I did it that way, I would make it focus on character interaction and investigation. Because yeah. kind of at the core of this, like if, if like there's the wuxia drama thing, but I think the real core is 70s cop war on drug yeah. movies. Yeah. And, and if that was the central premise, then yeah, I could do this with Lone Wolf Fist. Yeah, I was I'm actually kind of proud of that. Now, for me, I don't my I don't think I could. I mean, without extreme surgery, I couldn't get Ogregate to do this. Um, but I had been mm. thinking of a game. I was kind of tentatively calling it like Kicks of Justice or Righteous Kicks or something like that. You know, uh, and the idea. And I was always thinking of Chuck Norris in the back of my mind when I thought of it, when I was thinking <laughs> of the game. And so when we were watching this, I was thinking of that. And and what I was thinking was number one, it would be very stripped down, so it might take like a core from some of my games like i might have kind of like you were saying with yours like i might have chi rank one through six do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it might be a more minimized version and then all of the techniques would be fairly like the that practical toolkit martial art thing but i was also thinking just in terms of what the game is about and how you do it i like the idea of like one player gets to play like the the hero the chuck norris character right and the rest of the players they either get to be like sidekicks, like so that's what that's oh yeah, it was gonna be sidekicks of justice. Cause so the other sidekicks players they get to play like justice. like the female cop or Charlie or any of these characters, right? And one of the players plays the bad guy. And the reason that you play the bad guy is if if you because from then on it's a meritocracy on who gets to play what. And so from session to session, you know, you get to remain the hero as long as you win. As long as Chuck Norris wins, you get to keep being Chuck Norris. But if the if the villain kills you, the villain gets to be Chuck Norris next time. He gets to be the hero next time. Ooh. You know, and the sidekicks can try to work their way up as well. There was a what I had I had an idea for how they. So you know, and I, I like the idea of this game that's just fueled by player versus player. Do you know I mean that was sort of the the concept was you know how do you get like adventure out of player versus player and watching this movie i was just thinking of well if the one of the players was the, the the bill wallace character or the drug lord character that would be a way you know you could you could potentially it provides fuel for the conflict um but uh but yeah so that was my thought um but, interesting I, I love the social engineering aspect of that game it reminds me of the chronicles of amber which is a game of pvp where yeah. everyone kind of has to cooperate because they're they're doomed versus the people they're trying to beat, but they also hate each other and are constantly stabbing each other in the back. So, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. I wonder if you could make that work. I'm fascinated with that idea now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what's funny is when I, when I started watching the movie, I had the idea in my head that the sidekicks would be the whole benefit of being a sidekick is you can't die, and the lead is the guy who's the one who's potentially able to die do you know what I mean like the sidekicks have mm. all kind like they can die but they have defenses do you know what I mean that they because they're side characters but then the first thing that happens is charlie dies right so like you're not the first yeah, thing but so. it's like a so it's like okay it's yeah I, I i get i guess sidekicks can't be immune you kind of need sidekicks to be able to die too um 
and also I don't I don't really like plot immunity, so there is that. Yeah, but um, I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of games that have a, a narrative structure that supersedes the kind of internal yeah. consistency of the reality of the game. That bothers me. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind like having meta stuff, but I do want it to be. I want to go here and do this, and I'm not hindered by the fact that I'm in a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, want, um, I want soft boundaries on those yeah. on those structures. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Any other thoughts about this one? This is again. This is, I was pleased as punch watching this. This is this is like my comfort zone when it comes to movies. Like if if I'm in my natural state, you know, b- before the internet and before I really grew as a movie watcher, this is what I was reared on. Is films like this? Like when I was a kid, this is the stuff that was on TV. Do you know what I mean? Like that was playing. In, in syndication say right like as oh, like yeah. movies at like seven o'clock or something it was all movies from this era so uh so i just have a real soft spot for these you know 70s crime action movies um but i don't know but your your point of view um i enjoyed this movie there's it's it's perfectly uh palatable it was really fun to watch it was neat it was really it had really good martial arts um it might be a touch formula uh, but not to its detriment. I mean, it just makes it kind of like you're saying, just sort of something you can just turn on and mm. enjoy watching. So yeah, I give it like a, a four, four out of five. You know, nine out of ten. It's yeah, right. it's solid I mean, movie. It's a, it's a solid B action movie, right? Like it's a solid yes. B action movie. It's graded on a different scale. I think. I think you can give it a nine, and it's not the same nine that that you would give if you were giving like the Big Lebowski a nine or something. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah, different type of movie. You have to grade movie contextually with its yeah. genres and the expectations of like what the movie is trying to do. This movie accomplishes its goal, goals and it does it with style and it does it um, in a satisfactory way to watch with a lot of impact. That's that's what you need to get a high rating, in yeah. my estimation. You're not now. If I were putting this on the grand scale of all action movies, and this was up against Titans like Terminator oh. Two. Okay, well, maybe it would be lower, but Terminator Two is all almost a different type of movie entirely because of how much more went into it, you know. Yeah, that's that's true, and also the um, the guy from um, Return of the Living Dead was in this. Did you notice that? No, which guy? Um, what was his name? I'm trying to find him on the thing, and I can't. Hold on. Oh, the IMDb thing. Huh. Uh, Interesting piece of trivia. Uh. It's pretty. Hold on, Return of the Living Dead. Well, he he played Bert. The guy who played Bert was um, what's his name? Uh, Clue Gall- uh, Gulliger. Clue Gulliger, I think his name is. Um, he played the he played the chief of police. Um, let me huh. see if I can find him. In the is he even? Oh yeah, there he is. He played Dunn. Was his character's name Dunn? But I thought that was interesting. I thought you know he. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I guess it's not. Super remarkable that an actor that was working in Hollywood at the time got in two different movies. But it is interesting to see no, that little cross I mean, I, I, he's an actor who's like, I remember seeing that face when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it, it's not like I was like, ooh, that's Clue Gulliger. You know, no, no clue who he was, you know? But, but watching it this yeah, time, I was like, wait, that's the same guy from Return of the Living Dead. You know, it was, it was and, and he's talking the same way, but it's like, it's, it's doing something different in this movie than it did in that movie, you know? So, um, but yeah, so I guess, uh, next time we're going to try to come on with, um, were we thinking Lone Wolf McQuaid? Was that our, uh, or you think you're up to Lone Wolf McQuaid? Yeah, that's another, uh, that's another, um, oh, (laughs) 
uh, Chuck Norris one, isn't it? Oh, yeah, we'll Chuck Norris later. versus David Carradine is a little movie. Ooh, David Carradine's yeah. in it too. Okay. I really like David Carradine as well. Um, yeah, we'll get a little Wolf McQuay next time. That sounds pretty good. Sounds like good grist. And, uh, and I, I think, was that, I think that was his, that might have been the movie where the beard came on. I can't remember. I know it's around that time. I have to the beginning of the beard yeah. era. Can't it's it's it's, or, it's 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 either it's either the beginning or just before. I can't quite remember, but I know that that like Chuck Norris is a different man with the beard. I don't know how to explain it. He's just a. I think he got dental work done too. To be quite honest, like I feel like oh. I feel I I mean just in my opinion. I could be wrong, but I feel like something about him changes when the beard comes on, and something about the teeth too. You know, there's like the teeth look whiter. And I, the beard might just be in contrasting the teeth more. You know, that can happen. But I feel like there was maybe a little work done around the time that the beard goes on, too. Um, so, I don't know. With, with, with 80s action stars, it's always... There's, there's like, these, these dividing lines like that, right? Um, so, so, yeah. So, we'll be back on. And until next time, we will talk to you later.